0: Welcome to The Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for The Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit, although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more please visit greenskiesanalytics.com but it's more likely that you're just going to google it so to find out more please google green skies analytics hello everyone and welcome to the audit podcast today we have kendall berg on the show she is the director of it planning and strategy as well as the chief of staff to the cito for satara financial group she is perhaps more widely known as that career coach and i say more widely known because there's like hundreds and thousands of followers across our social media platforms but those are the two areas that we hit so we talk strategy because we don't really see often enough a lot of one to three year strategies for internal audit departments even more rare is a one to three year strategy for analytics within that audit department so we want to get our thoughts there as well as career advice. I did an episode just on how much I hate goals and how much I had to do goals and the time you put into them and how much of pain they are and how often people will do them. And then the end of the year go, oh yeah, let me go do something real quick so I can meet that goal. And so definitely wanted to get her advice on how to change our perspective on goals. Here we go.
0: So I'm Kendall Berg. I'm currently the IT Strategy and Execution Director for Cetera Financial Group. I've worked for some of the biggest banks in the world, and I've worked for really small retailers, so kind of run the gambit as far as prior roles that I've held. But I, interestingly enough, started very close to the audit space, specifically in the financial auditing sector, um, moved through and kind of held a myriad of roles from construction execution to finance to data science to operations back into tech Um, and I've been in tech for about the last eight to nine years and for me I think audit is so critical in all of the roles that I've held because how you execute on your processes ties directly into how you execute on your audit Um, and it is impossible to be a highly functioning company at all right now without being highly audit oriented. So in my current role, I do run the security and OCC audits for my financial services company. So that sits within my scope. Um, And then in addition, I coach and provide career direction to a lot of individuals, both inside and outside of my company uh, to help them find their career direction, including many auditors and controllers.
1: I am curious, there's been some chatter and certainly something I've been pushing more is within internal audit specifically. You need a one to three year strategy, or a three year strategy with the one year being very detailed, two a little less, three a little less. Um, I typically say five. Anything beyond that is going to be the, the, there's so much change that whatever you have for year five is probably not going to happen anyway. Yeah. I literally took something off of my to do list because it involved a Google thing, and I went Chat GPT just replaced what I was going to speak to about that, so it doesn't even matter. Within you know four months, that got uh, nixed. So. Uh, i am curious though because i know you have strategy as your background mm-hmm. relative to data as well as on the tech front where in your current role and so again with me trying to like push people to go hey in audit we need strategies and within and it, it can't just be we're gonna go audit this thing this year or this month <laughs> and then even within audit i look at audit analytics initiatives or programs and look at it and go That's really more project-based. You're just going, hey, we want to build a dashboard for these areas this year. And there's no real strategy around that. There's no vision. There's no assessment of where you are and where you want to be, et cetera. So for those folks that don't have that and you with your strategy background, where can they start? What's the first thing? If there's one thing to do, please do this as part of your strategy implementation.
0: Yeah. So one of the exercises that I really like to do is. To think about what you would do with unlimited money and resources right how would your program run with unlimited money unlimited resources unlimited systems how would it work and then walk back from that i think strategy gets a bad rep as being something really complicated and difficult to create difficult to execute when the reality is you just need to have a vision you just need to know where you're going and so if you can think through long term unlimited potential how would we want to integrate into the business, execute our audit, build our reporting, and then work back to where you are, it's a lot easier to figure out what you need to do next. The mistake a lot of people make is they think, I need to do this next, and they never think about what would I do if I had all the money and resources in the world, and you end up just always doing the next thing rather than ever thinking about, does it align with where I wanna be? Is it the right steps? Because you may decide to deprioritize an audit dashboard because it doesn't align with your long-term strategy and instead build a better data infrastructure that's easier to audit against, right? Right. So um, I think that's the one thing that I would say is just take a step back, spend a couple of hours, block your calendar and think, all right, if I was the wealthiest department in the company, (laughs) how would I build myself? How would I orient myself? And then how does that apply to internal and external stakeholders? How I operate with the business? You know, think through all of that and then come back to where you are today and start working towards it rather than focusing on like the immediate next right. mission.
1: Yeah, and then when you have that vision, when something comes down, a project, whatever, you can look at it and go, doesn't really fit what we're doing, that'd be cool, but it doesn't really f- really fit with what we're trying to do, so put it on the backlog for later. Uh, and of course, there's some judgment in that too. There was someone that their kind of vision or mission statement was, I just want to help the auditors. I want to use analytics to help the auditors, as opposed to, I've heard other folks that I've worked with say, I want to build continuous monitoring dashboards, auditing dashboards for management. And I want them mm-hmm. to use it. Um, and so when you have that though, it's a lot easier when something from management maybe comes in and you go, yeah, but that's not really what we want to do and you do have to apply some judgment. Obviously if it comes from <laughs> the board, you go, okay, let's not help the auditors for the next you know, three weeks. Let's build this thing, etc." Uh, et cetera. But yeah, to be able to have that, to be able to say, this is the focus. We're not going to do that is a uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm strategy background but then you also you mentioned that you act as a career coach as that career coach is that right
0: mm-hmm. yeah okay.
1: um which i think is super interesting and what i really like about folks like you that are put your thoughts out there you have content super easy to prep for these because i just googled <laughs> your name and then i could see where you did your interview with newsweek and uh other publications so from those um you talk about for high performers, millennials specifically, that we expect within two years as a high performer to get a promotion. Yep. And I know high performers who, for whatever reason, that doesn't happen for them. So like, what can they do to make sure that in two years that they get that promotion, one, to better themselves, but then also you don't want to lose a high performer. So then what? also the other side of that coin, what can management do to make sure they're doing what they need to do to put that person to set that person up for success basically.
0: Yeah, so Trent, you touched on like my two favorite topics when it comes to coaching and this is what I talk about with like almost all of my clients. So from the individual side, I find one of the biggest um misunderstandings misconceptions about work is that individuals don't understand how cross calibrations work. So like 90% of companies, especially big companies do what they call cross calibrations, which is how they determine who gets promoted. Okay. And they basically sit a bunch of leadership in a room and they go Who likes Trent? Yeah. Hands go up and they go, okay, what has Trent done this year? And Trent's manager goes, well, Trent did this and it was great. He led an audit with zero findings. He is a unicorn. And management basically deliberates and then compares Trent to everyone else at his level who's also up for promotion to determine if Trent gets promoted. And so the big reason why I see high performers get stuck and not get promoted, even though they're doing all the right things, is that they don't have enough people in that room. Got it. So what happens is their manager can advocate all day long for all the great work they've done, but if they don't know five or six other people in that room who can corroborate the manager's opinion,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: they're not getting the promotion. And so I think for a high performer, that networking piece, that relationship building piece, that understanding who your stakeholders are and which stakeholders are gonna be in that room becomes super important for how you advocate for yourself for a promotion, because I wish it was a straight meritocracy, Where we just did great work and we got rewarded for it but the reality is that there's somewhat of a popularity contest to it do you have enough people who also think you're great to get what you want so um it's not always a popular answer but for me i think it's been the truth i've sat in cross cows where we've had somebody who was a high performer and one person didn't like him and they didn't get it
1: yeah is there because you definitely don't want to go above someone's head so what about the approach even let's say it's your uh staff or senior so the manager is the person you work with the most. They're going to be the the loudest for you in the room. Then you maybe have a director above them. And then audit world, let's just say it's a CAE. Mm-hmm. Would it make sense then to go, hey, director, I just want like your career advice and to build like that relationship with them or you are where I want to be in four years or three years or whatever. Where's the gap? What do you think I need to be doing? As opposed to just doing that with the the manager and then even going to the CAE and going, hey, this is what I want to do. What do you think? What's your advice, et cetera? What do you, what do you think about that approach? Even though you might be kind of going above the manager's head.
0: Yeah, so I think that, um, I call this building your networking tree. So ideally your vertical support line is your trunk of your tree, right? It should provide the most support that includes your director, your CAE. Yeah. Now if you work in a very hierarchical company culture What I found to be really helpful is to go to your manager and say, hey, I know you and I are really in lockstep and I'm working towards that promotion. You've been so great to provide support. I was thinking maybe I could start meeting with the director on a quarterly basis just to get feedback and maybe career direction. Would that be okay with you? A lot of the time, your manager is going to say yes. Yeah, especially if you've already got a good relationship and they're advocating for you. And then that kind of gets rid of that icky feeling of like, Mm -hmm. I'm going over my manager to the director, right? So I think that's a good way to approach that situation. I think additionally, it's important to build your branches of your tree, right? So you have your trunk, which is your vertical support, and then you have all of your branches, which is who are your bosses, peers? Who are your stakeholders? Who are those other people who are going to sit in the meeting and go, you know, Trent, he ran the audit for security. He was awesome. He was so great to work with. We loved having him come in. Honestly, I think he should work on marketing because they suck and they should send him over there, right? Like you want buy-in from not just your vertical, but from your stakeholder and support teams. And so that's a good place where you can start to have those, hey, you know, you're really great at communication. I'd love to meet with you once a quarter and just hear about better ways that I can communicate effectively mm-hmm. that I can translate audit results. You know, get feedback from them as stakeholders, one, to better yourself, but two, to have more people in that room. Um, I think both of those things can be really helpful as the individual.
1: Got it. And I want to talk about the low or mid performers also, but do you, for the folks that you work with, is it like, sweet I got a high performer this is gonna be super easy or do you prefer almost like the challenge of kind of low performer and that's really why you're here with me to work with me is because I'm a low performer and I want to do better than that who what's like kind of the the typical person you like to work with
0: I think for me it's more about intent and willingness to execute Right. So high performers tend to have really good intention and really good ability to execute. If I tell them, hey, go set a meeting with your director and start meeting with them quarterly, it's done by the time the falls over. Um, And lower performers tend to struggle with that. But I get clients who come to me that they're like, hey, I just got put on a performance plan for the first time in my career. I have no idea what's going wrong. I need to fix it. And they are ready to take action. And I would take that any day of the week, right? So for me, it's more like, are you going to listen? Are you going to do what you need to do? Are you going to have that good intention? In that case, you're either about to flip it from low performer to high performer, or you're a high performer who's going to keep accelerating, right? And either one of those, I think, is a big win for me personally.
1: Okay. So for the low to mid performers, and maybe they don't even realize they are that. But what, what can they do? Is the do you typically see within the performance review process, whether it's quarterly, annually? And I know there's tons of science that goes in to those and how they should be done and, and et cetera. What? The ones that are effective, ineffective, there seems like there's always a new approach, you know, every other year. How do you how do you work with them? How do you coach them and effectively take them from low to mid to high?
0: Yep. So I think this is something that's true both for somebody like me who is a coach, but also for any manager on the planet. If your company has published competencies,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: every single person on your team should know what they are and where they are, right? And I think that's one of the most impactful things that I do when I first start working with low to mid performers is, hey, get a copy of your published competencies from your boss. And if you don't have some, I have some that are just somewhat generic role, generic type competencies for people to look at. And I say, now I want you to score yourself. Where did you put you on all of these various competencies? Because some competencies, Even as an associate you might be operating at like a senior manager level yeah but at all of the other competencies are associate and you're probably at about the right level right um and so i'll have them do a selfie eval and then i'll have them take it to their boss and ask their boss and anywhere there's a mismatch we need to close that gap right so i think that for anyone who's not a typically high performer that exercise alone like what's actually expected of you is really important because often what i see it's not that people are lazy or they don't want to do the work the issue is they don't know what the right work is. And, and so they wait for their boss to say, hey, go do this. And then they go do that thing. But that's all they ever do. And they can't figure out why they're not moving up. And yeah. so I find competencies is like a really helpful exercise for that. I
1: think one of the best pieces of advice I was given, this was when I was public accounting, big four, all that kind of good stuff. And so it was very, if you're a staff, you do this, you get a five. You're a senior, you do this, you get a five. We were on a one to five scale. Yep. So somebody told me, they're like, all right, whatever you are, pick the next if you're a senior pick the manager goals and pick the four you know whatever you have to do to get a four pick that a four manager is a five senior and so like just do that and it was for the most part you could measure those things you know part of doing goals like preferably or ideally they are measurable so you could say yep i did 100 percent of that or 90 percent of that you know or whatever whatever it is to be able to do that but if you i, I think if you have that that was really good advice that i was given that i appreciated but which brings me to goals. Even then when they were laid out, I absolutely hated doing goals. And I even did, I don't do a lot of solo episodes on this. I think we've done like three, maybe four. Um, But one of them was like, I hate goals. I think was the title of it. And to me, goals should be a combination of, yep, these are our organization's values and goals tied to values or the strategy, the approach, the objectives, et cetera. Then also, The point that I was making was like, what do you want? Like, whatever you want to do should be the goal. If you want to learn analytics, make that the goal, even if it doesn't tie directly to your thing, like to have something that just inside of you, you want to do and you want to accomplish because it's what just makes your brain happy to do that, put that as a goal, but overall, like, what can you share with us on how to develop goals outside of, and I guess maybe the challenge to you is You can't use that SMART analogy, the S-M-A-R-T. You can't use that. Okay. So with that said, without using that, um, help us out with goals.
0: Yeah. So I think there there are two pieces for me when it comes to goals. So the first is you shouldn't be goal-oriented. You should be impact-oriented. What impact are you having on your business, your end client, your end customer, your stakeholders, and tie to your impact? The goals will follow. Right? If your goal is to have an impact on your organization where you're driving efficiency, then the goals that align with efficiency are going to come right after. Yeah. Right. If you want to drive cost savings, if that's your impact, goals will follow after. Right. So first off is be impact-driven. I think that's the biggest thing you can do. It also helps you articulate why you're important. Right. Saying I produce 10 widgets does not tell the company why you're important.
1: So would you start with what impact do I want to make at the organization? <laughs> like What question we, could we ask ourselves to get there? Is that...
0: Yeah, is what kind of impact do you want to have on your organization, your client, your stakeholders, right? And when you have that, what work you need to do is a really easy follow. Um, And I think in in tied into that, then you know how to talk about it. Instead of saying, hey, I built a dashboard, you say, hey, I drove operational efficiency to have an increase of 15%, which translates to $100 million savings every year. Way, way, way better conversation with your manager, way better for promos. So first off is be impact driven, not goal driven, I think is super duper important. Um, also can't remember last time I said super duper. And then the (laughs) second thing will be, um, when you are creating goals, I like to create goals in basically three categories. So one is core BAU. Basically, how do you not get fired, right? Your boss may say, build the dashboard anyways. And you go, great. I didn't want to, but I'll do it. And it becomes a core goal. You have your impact goals, which is everything that's driven to what we just talked about. What impact am I driving? How am I doing that? And then you have culture goals. Culture goals are things like I want to build a strong team. I want to expand my network. I want to learn a new skill. I want to develop myself. I want to go to a leadership training. I want to get one of my people promoted. Those types of goals I find are a lot easier because they tend to be more intrinsic, right? It's just what do you want to your earlier point? And so those for me are the fun goals, right? Like I want to set up a mentorship program for my whole company, which was my culture goal last year. I did. It was awesome. It was executed. Super huge response. Everybody loved it. And so it adds a ton of impact to the organization, even though it's something that I just wanted to do. So that's kind of how I structure it.
1: Is there, do you have any advice on, I feel like culture goals to me and my maybe even over analytical brain, I would want like a list of maybe even examples or something to that effect to go, okay, how can I impact the culture? I think the example you gave, I know there's, we've had guests on before that have started like a pride group within the entire organization, you know, the first one ever and things like that. How would you maybe go about for the, oh, I'll want myself in the over analytical auditor that's going culture, that's so vague and you know it's not very concrete. What can I do to impact culture? What would your advice be there?
0: I would say, think about what you want in a boss and leadership, right? If you want open communication. Got it. Figure out a culture project that's gonna deliver open communication. If you're like, hey, I wanna read more self-development books, start a book club. Mm-hmm. Like I wish my organization did better job with recognizing people when they do great work. Start a recognition program. Like think about what you are missing from a culture perspective and deliver it. The big mistake I find a lot of people make is they think, well, that's not my job, right? That's HR's job, right? I've never worked for a company that had adequate staff at HR. We'll just start there. Yeah. <laughs> like audit, you are always running threadbare, but yeah. everybody has to have them. And the biggest, I, I talk about this on a lot of podcasts, I have presented to the CEO of my firm three times in the last 12 months, and not a single one was because of anything I did in my job. Every single one of them was a culture initiative. Yep. I wanted a mentor, so I set up a mentorship program, presented to the CEO. I wanted to be able to submit ideas and get them executed, so I set up a Shark Tank program, presented it to the CEO. Right. Like Every time I go to that level of leadership, it's because of something culture-related. It's not my job, but it makes a huge impact. And... It gets me what I need so that I feel fulfilled in my job and I don't want to leave. So yeah. um, I think if you're if you're highly analytical, just think about what you feel like you're missing and fix that. And maybe you fix it for just your team. Maybe you fix it for your department. Maybe you fix it for the org. But thinking about what would make me like my job more and then just go do that thing.
1: Yeah, excellent. That ties in similarly with my, you know, when I was talking goals, like just do what you want to do, whatever makes your yeah. brain happy. And there was a uh, quick story. So we did have a, a CAE. We believe that he's the youngest Cae of a publicly traded company in the history of Cae's, and he was talking about. We were like, "Dude, how did you how did you do that?" Basically, and that it was exactly that. It was a culture, what now I'm going to start referring to as culture projects that he took on and had nothing to do with audit, not yep. even a little bit. And so, for one, uh, he and he did present this to the CEO. The rest of C suite also saw it, and he was like, "They know me now, and they know audit because of this." And it had nothing to do with any kind of audit finding or anything like that it was just this culture initiative and he's like and we talk about an audit a lot of times getting a seat at the table um basically like you know like give us the we want to be with you c-suite you know we don't want to be at the kids table kind of thing and so that was the question was like how did you get that seat at the table and he went well i did this now what i'll say this culture initiative so i think if there is one major takeaway for folks that that might just be yet at least it is for me
0: yeah i think that's so true because um something that i see in high performers um that is differentiating between low and mid is not that they do their job better it's that they do culture better right they think about how does this impact all of the other teams they think about stakeholder management they think about culture initiatives they are members of ergs they lead culture councils like that's really what sets people apart, and it it feels like it shouldn't be that way because you're like, but that's not their job. Yeah, yeah, but that's what's getting them recognized. And so sometimes those culture projects, that's the type of work that sets you apart from your peers, and ultimately that's what you need to do to keep moving up right. is be apart. So
1: got it. I feel like there's so much that we probably could hit on, and I know you've done between, and we'll we'll link to the articles that you've uh, been mentioned in or where others that you've been interviewed in and podcast etc is there anything that you want to leave the audience with that you're like trent you suck at this job you should ask me about this or whatever the case may be what do you want to leave the audience with
0: what i would say is that every single person is responsible for their career you're responsible for what decisions you make you're responsible for what jobs you take you're responsible for what you do to influence your job but you do not have exclusive power And so something to keep in mind is that you have a responsibility to yourself to do the best you can do and to do things with intention, but you also have a responsibility to get to know all the other influencers who also have power over your career, right? That's how you find success. Whether your success is, I wanna work for this certain type of company or I wanna get to this certain type of level or I wanna work in this certain department or I just want audit to get along with everybody else and have good friends. Yeah. you have to understand who that influencer is over your job. It might be a peer who's very outspoken. It might be a senior leader who's got a lot of influence. It might be your boss. But understanding that you have a responsibility to take the right actions, but you don't have exclusive power, I think really shifts the mindset into how you approach your career and what you do to further it rather than just completing kind of your day-to-day.
1: Got it. Last question for people that are like, Kendall knows what's up. I need help. Where'd they find you? What's the best way to do that? Get in touch with you.
0: Yep. So you can find me that career coach on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. Also, thatcareercoach.net. And then if you guys ever have questions, I'm also on LinkedIn. So I do have real jobs also. So this is also kind of the fun side of this. So um, those are probably the best ways to get in touch with me. But I appreciate you having me on the show, Trent. It was really fun. It was great catching up.